In today's episode, we're speaking once again to the amazing Sean Maslick. Sean is a financial wellness advocate, podcaster, and of course, a father. During the last 15 years, Sean has been delving into the frustrating but fascinating world of personal finance. While in university, Sean was fortunate enough to make a decision where he took a year off and he went traveling around the world with his wife. He is a trained and and a practicing certified financial planner and a certified financial behavior specialist. Sean integrates psychology, positive psychology and coaching psychology theories to awaken our money stories and flourishing and to help you flourish beyond your finances. And in today's episode of Money Talkies, Sean is going to help us to determine, you know, what are your money stories? So basically, how to determine your money scripts. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And once again, we have the amazing, the charming Sean Meslink. I'm sorry, I hope you haven't butchered your name, Sean. <laughs> no, it was perfect. Thank you so much for being a guest today. We had we loved having you on, on Friday Feature. Um, and we're, we're excited about today's topic, which is how to determine your money scripts. But before we do that, Sean, very quickly, tell everybody what it is that you do. So I'm a, I'm a financial planner who has been diving into his relationship with money, understanding himself more. And really, I've been using money as in a window to more awareness around myself. And I've been documenting most of those conversations on my podcast at the Most Hated F Word podcast. Uh, we'd love to have you over there. Awesome. Fantastic. So this topic, how to determine your money story. So exactly answer that question, Sean, how do we determine our money stories? What do you, what do we do? And, and does everyone have a money, a money story, a money script? Well, you know, our, our stories, are our lives and our lives are a story. Mm-hmm. So I feel strongly that we all have a story, mm-hmm. a I story agree. to tell. I think we have a unspoken story that we all desire to tell that we just don't. At least I speak from experience on that. Mm. And if we look back at our human history, humans have used stories for centuries. We yeah. we used it as education. We used it knowledge exchange. Culture survived over decades because of these stories that we passed on from generation to generation. And for the most part, we we share these stories. However, when it comes to our money stories, because we do have a money story, mm-hmm. often they're silent, they're unspoken, and our unconscious money stories can be quite destructive. And that's what this conversation is about, is what are our money stories, our money scripts that drive those stories? Because the interesting part is that we're all an actor and actress in our money stories. And for the most part, we have no idea. Yeah. It's we have no idea. Yeah. Very unconscious. We have no idea that that script was written for us, not by your parents, not by your grandparents, by your great grandparents and our cultural Mm -hmm. all had an influence in writing those money scripts. And again, we're totally unconscious for the most part. Yeah. And And passing it on to the next generation as well. 
passing it on, just like how the origins of stories work. We just pass it on, pass it on. The apple doesn't fall or far from the trees, the saying that we say all the time. And yeah. it's true with our money scripts. And these scripts are, I want to reemphasize, they're written for us. And we unconsciously get this script and we act it out. And for many of us listening, we can think back to our family lineage and see that, hey, mate, that has played out. Mm-hmm. And just quickly on, on mine, uh, through trying to understand my money script, I went back and interviewed my parents. Not interviewed, I had a conversation about mm-hmm. money, the origin story of money with them. Mm-hmm. And I realized that my father's family came from Ukraine. The Canadian government promised them some farming land. They trekked across the Atlantic Ocean, across Canada, which is a big country. Mm-hmm. And to find out that like, no, sorry, no more land. Mm-hmm. So what did they do? They found their own land, cleared trees and farmed and had a lot of distrust in the government. Mm. And it's interesting that there's this notion in the province I live that Ukrainian farmers are cheap mm. and, and it's, it's, it's just a judgment, but it makes sense actually that Ukrainian farmers might not want to spend a lot of money because who knows who will take their money. We have, they have yeah. distress. Like my Guido, which is a grandfather had distress in the system because why wouldn't he? Mm. And that gets passed down over and over. So as I was trying to discover my money story, I came across a fascinating individual called Dr. Brad Klontz, and he's mm-hmm. been studying money scripts for 15 years now, peer-reviewed, academically proven uh, over the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. And he is under, a, I guess his belief is that until we become aware of these money scripts, Financial change, behavior change is going to be very difficult because these money scripts drive our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs around money. Mm -hmm. And his work has looked at thousands of people. And I'm going to give you the link to allow everyone to go do the assessment for themselves, which Mm -hmm. forms part of the ongoing research. So you'll get an awareness of what your money script is, Mm -hmm. but then you'll also help out the, um, the research. But I just want to go back to this fascinating part of it, because in his research, there is huge correlations on the type of money script you have in your financial outcomes. Mm. So they can reasonably predict your income, your debt, and all of these financial outcomes that we obsess out and try to change, but we try to change them on the surface. He's really digging at the the inner side of the onion. Mm. And in doing the money scripts, at least from my experience, this is not part of the academic research, but that awareness that we talked about in the last conversation was incredibly powerful for me. And it allowed me to make my behaviors and beliefs around money a little bit more congruent. Hmm. So the money scripts that Dr. Brad Klontz has come up with, there's four of them. And when, when I say them, we try to have no judgment around them because there's not one script that's better than the other. Mm. It is what it is. Is that saying that sometimes Mm. I don't like saying, but in this case, it is what it is. And the research shows that we can change our money scripts. But it starts with that awareness because if we don't know what we're changing, it's very difficult to. So the first, the first one is money status. So this is um, people who see money as a very much a status figure, where they lend their self worth to their net worth, as mm-hmm. we hear people say. Mm-hmm. And often this is displayed as an outward projection of their, their wealth displayed. So it could be a lot of material things. And we talked about last time, material things inherently aren't bad themselves. It's the why behind it. In this case though, the decision to do it is unconsciously because I want to have the money to show my status. Okay. So money status and people who have a money status script 
tend to have higher credit scores. They tend to spend more than they make. They often make large rash decisions, so quick decisions. Um, and they're often tend to be financially dependent on other people. Okay. And then when we look at couple ships, they, they're the ones who are often hiding expenses from their spouses. So a word that we use is financial infidelity. So when we're we're hiding expenses, which could become quite destructive in a coupleship. Mm-hmm. So financial status is the is one of them. Okay. Another one is money worship. So money worshipers believe that the key to happiness is money. Mm-hmm. Um, that pr- a big one here is problems will be solved by more money. Mm-hmm. And there are many problems that can be solved by money, more food, a shelter. Mm-hmm. But we're talking beyond the basic psychological needs, beyond mm-hmm. the I would say Maslow's yeah. first level. Mm-hmm. So this belief that money will solve a problem is an indication of the money, sh- money worshiper belief. Okay. And the pursuit of money never quite satisfies them. So mm-hmm. there's that hedonic adaptation that is coming in all the time. And in the research, money worshipers are more likely to carry high credit cards, lower net worth. Mm-hmm. Money worshipers are prone to buying things because they think it's going to make them happy. Okay. So that's, that's the, uh, one of them again, mm-hmm. another one is money vigilance. So money vigilance are more watchful. They're concerned about their financial health. They have a feeling that money is important for them and it brings them safety. Mm-hmm. They believe it's important to save. So money vigilant people tend to have a higher savings rate. They're not usually waiting for that financial windfall being like, Oh, when I win the lottery or an inheritance, things will be fine. They take control by starting to save. On the surface, this seems like people think, oh, this is the best one. I want to be money vigilant, which it has some good financial outcomes. But often the the reason that's driving those saving patterns, that mm-hmm. belief that I need to be financially dependent on, or I don't want to be dependent on anyone. I want to be independent is coming from perhaps wounded areas. So mm-hmm. this idea is just becoming aware of it. It's none of these are bad. None of them are bad. They're just what they are. It's the awareness. It is what it um, is. Yeah. It is what it is. The money vigilant are less likely to buy on credit usually, and they spend what they can afford. So that's money vigilant. Money avoidance is associated with people who are wealthier. Uh, They are so, they, sorry, they think that they're wealthier and they also think that they're wiser than the wealthy. So this goes back to people who are rich or bad. Mm. So that's a script that would go there. So money avoidance is often highly educated people as well. Mm. Who And this is coming from the research. This is not my opinion. None of this is my opinion. Mm. So generally speaking, people with money avoidance have this belief that money is bad. Mm. And usually that's an indication of maybe they don't believe they're good enough for money or there's some sort of psychological block there. And a way to deal with that is saying you're bad. Mm. Uh, When we look at psychologists through studies, often the helping industry has this belief that money is bad. Yes. And, and that, that's, that's almost a, a constructed through like their education system. Mm. But another thing about money avoiders, they believe they do not deserve money. Mm. They believe that wealthy people had to be greedy and corrupt in order to get that amount of money. Mm. And they often believe that it's more virtuous to live with less. And, and, and you can see with the money avoidance, there's sabotage opportunity of there. Course. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundance.com 
mindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. So those are the main money scripts that Dr. Klontz has come up with. And I'll send you the assessment and they're really, really, really informative. And when you do the assessment, you get a whole bunch of um, information that talks about your script, what you can do. And the thing that I really want to emphasize here is that it is academically sound. This isn't someone's opinion. Mm. This isn't just his belief. It's research with, with thousands of people. When I look at this idea of awakening our money story, I feel like it starts with the money script as, as a starting point, mm -hmm. but, but it, that can only get us so far until we do the work that's required. Mm -hmm. uh, another one that I really feel, and I can send you the link for this too, is finding our values. Um, because as we start to reset that money script, building that awareness, I think it's really important to do our values. Cause this goes back to what we talked about on Friday mm -hmm. is our, why is typically generated from our values. And if we yeah. don't really know what our values are, we're going to be doing this on other people's terms. Mm, that's very, very important. I've been chatting. I mean, now, just questions come to my mind. Now, when you're saying all these money stories, why if someone can relate to all, at least three or maybe two of those stories, how does that, you know, what happens with those overlaps? Because maybe, oh, I think number one and number two and maybe number three or maybe number four as well. If someone has characteristics of all three, then how does that work? I'm glad you asked that. So when you do the assessment, you get a score in each one okay. and you have, a, you have a dominant one. And sometimes the dominant one is not much, it's not that much more dominant. Mm. And the idea, the, the reason is because we've all done personality tests where, yeah. where you're like, you're, you're shy or you're an introvert and it's trying to take away the, the identity and the labeling. Mm. So you're going to get aspects of all of them and their tendencies, not personality traits, okay. because, because we don't want to label that. Oh, you, you're, you're a money worshiper. You're going to be a money worshiper for the rest of your life. Hmm. And so awareness that, Hey, I have tendencies in all of these areas is just helping us understand ourselves more. And, and I think that's very important. If you have a, um, if you have a, a tendency towards a particular behavior, if you are, I mean, if you are used to overspending, whatever money you make, doesn't matter how much money you make, you will always find expenses that are all, always outweigh your, your income. And it, the idea is, oh, I need to make more money to be able to have savings, to be able to have income. And I remember having this conversation with this individual in one of my workshops, because I talk about this in there. And he was saying, well, all people need to do is have a right plan and then just follow that plan. And I remember having a discussion saying that, you know, there's plenty of financial advisors out there or accountants out there who can tell you what should be your financial plan, but most people don't follow it, not because they don't want to, it's because they can't, they cannot. Mm -hmm. Their subconscious beliefs come to surface, unknown to them, and they act or behave in a certain way and where they supposedly call self-sabotage and they put this money away. For example, a, a prime example for this is that I don't believe in having a rainy day, a rainy day pot because... If you are saving for a rainy day, you're going to manifest a rainy day. You're going to get rid of that mm. pot. You might as well just save for the sake of it, just because you want you like to have money, not because you want to have a rainy day. And this is a conversation that I think he, he didn't understand. But, you know, we, we agreed to part on good terms and say, okay, you have your beliefs and I have my beliefs because mm -hmm. he, he was adamant about the fact that people are just lazy and they, they just don't, you know, they don't follow the rules. But this makes sense to me because if we, if we have these subconscious scripts, and as you call it, you call the money stories, 
they are so ingrained in our psyche and I call them paradigms. They are part of your paradigms. You cannot think outside of them. So if, if your belief is so solid that that's how life works and this is how things are, you're never going to think about changing them because you don't even realize you can, there is life beyond it. You just think that's part mm-hmm. of, that's part, that's how life is. That's it. So, you know, this is how we do. Uh, you know, and I'm, I know that when I do this uh, with workshops and other things, um, especially in the mastermind, these come to the surface, these paradigms which you cut from your parents. Mm. And this is like what you're saying because, and it, it makes sense because your parents got them from somewhere. They got it from their parents. Mm-hmm. They got it from their parents. And they got it from their parents. It, it just carries on from generation after generation after generation. And you're giving it off to your children at some point, right? Because, you know, again, unless you check it, unless you change it, you will be repeating it to your, to your children. Mania. Yeah, no, I, I, in, uh, this isn't about teaching your kids about money, but it's so interesting just to your point there when people ask about, oh, I want to, I'm teaching my kids this way about money. And it's interesting when you sit back and just observed and try to have no judgments. It's like, we're just re we're just doing the same script over and over when we teach kids about money from an unconscious way, but yeah. actually a reaction to something that we don't even know we're doing. Exactly. That's a very, very important point. You do not know that your your behavior is actually a reaction to a certain stimuli in your brain, which is a subconscious belief. And therefore, the behavior you're displaying is the behavior you're teaching your children, which will end up being from the same or similar belief, right? Mm-hmm. So question then, how do we change these beliefs? What's your recommendation? Not easy. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say it's easy because it's not. It's no, not it's easy. Not. It's not. Behavioral <laughs> change behavioral change is not easy. So I would say it starts with, I would start with doing Dr. Brad Klontz's um, money, money script assessment, and we'll include, and then it's doing a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-reflection. And because, you know, I, I have a quote that sticks with me that is around behavioral change, because when I look at finances and personal finance and money, entrepreneurship, business, it, it stems with awareness and behavioral change because we are our engine that drives the, the ability to create money and so forth. But if we don't have that awareness, you know, we're at risk to live a life that we just didn't live on our own terms to some degree. And we can get the technical finance information at the fingertips by a Google. And in fact, it's a good distracting tool to do the work. The work that's required is understanding ourselves. And this quote that I want to share is the range of what we think and do is limited by what we fail to notice. And because we fail to notice that we fail to notice, there is little we can do to change until we notice how failing to notice shapes our thoughts and deeds. Intentionally, there's a lot of notices in there. But what can we do? Well, it starts with understanding where we're at to mm-hmm. meet ourselves. Often we try to meet others where we're at. Let's meet ourselves wherever we're at. Mm-hmm. Do the money script. And for me, it's a lot of work. I believe in journaling and thinking about our thoughts and trying to understand where our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs are coming from, mm-hmm. which requires a lot of work. There's no quick get quick or understand myself quick in seven days master, I don't know, plan, or, you know, you see these things on the internet, like four days, write a book. You could do that. You could do that. But understanding ourselves might be a little longer. So for me, it's do these money scripts and then really seek to understand ourselves. Be curious, Hmm. avoid the rigidity and be curious. 
I'm so glad you said that. And then I, I completely agree with you. There's a reason why, unlike other people out there, I don't, my mastermind that I do for people, the transformation one is 12 months for this reason that you can't change in, um, in three months or four months or even six months. You need to have at least 12 months, even 12 months gets the, you know, the, the work started. It, you know, you've, you know, whoever you are, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, that's that man of work that needs to be undone and rewritten over and you know you have to change your whole structure so even 12 months is a start it's not the be and end all and but you need to have you have to come in with the understanding this is a long-term process mm. i can't do this overnight and this the the programs we get the you know they come into with a three month or six months and or you know usually it's the three month program that we go into they're like oh well i can do this and i can pay this money and i can you know this magic wand will be waved about and my belief system will be changed hell no it doesn't work mm-hmm. that way. You know, you're removing a layer upon layer and it's like literally, un, un, you know, peeling away the layers of the onion. That's how energy work is. This is how your belief systems are. You unearth a new belief, which was holding on to an old one and, and so forth. And this is how you realize how deep this subconscious programming is because it's not just coming from our parents, it's coming from our ancestors. And it's um, it's a generational programming around money, around beliefs about what's possible for you and how the world works. And this is why it's a long-term process. But yeah, on that note, let's um, let's wrap up. Thank you so much for being such an amazing guest today for, for us, Sean. Tell us um, just quick summary of what we covered today. So what what do you think uh, is a belief uh, is your money script and um, what can we can do about it? I, I want to answer that, but uh, Gull, I do want to say that your mastermind at a 12 month, um, I think that that's excellent. And it really allows people to get the training wheels on, so to speak, to, yeah. to do the work afterwards. Exactly. And after we spoke on my podcast and the way you talked about money and energy was super interesting to me. And I started Googling and reading about it. So I, I just want to applaud you on the work you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so in summary, for me and a lot of academic research, changing our behaviors starts with understanding what's driving our behaviors. If we don't understand that. So we talked about our money scripts are a tool. It's not Mm -hmm. the end all be all, but it's a tool that allows us to build that awareness Mm -hmm. to start that behavior change. So we talked about what are the four common money scripts and I'll send you a a link to the assessments and that's a starting spot, but it's a really good starting spot to then we talked about adopting that curious mindset to seek to understand what that means. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get judgments and we're going to get reactions when we do that assessment, Mm -hmm. just to recognize them, feel them, and then continue to journal, think when certain things happen, if you're a money worshiper and you want to buy something, start thinking like, Hey, why am I doing this? If it's a healthy, positive way, go for it. Mm -hmm. But if it's like, Hey, I want to go to this place and be seen and heard, well, that, that could be a valid reason, but dig deeper. Why? So that's what I would say for now is understanding our money scripts, then implementing the curiosity to seek to understand why were those scripts and have no judgments around them. Okay. Awesome. Fantastic. And tell us, Sean, how can we connect with you? How can you find you on the internet? Um, right now, the best way is the most hated F word.com. Um, my contact information is there. My podcast is there and any other projects that I'm working on will be posted on there, but the most hated effort.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you for being such an amazing guest today. It's been a very insightful conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Gal. 
And thank you for listening to me and Sean today on Money Talkies. I will be back on another episode of Money Talkies with another amazing guest, picking their brains and finding out how you and I can be better entrepreneurs. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.